the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Thursday, March 23rd, 2023. I am Seth Liebson, and the phone number is 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Bill, welcome back. Hope you had a good day off. You watched Paint Dry, I take it, uh, as per usual? No added movies or novellas or novels or short stories to the link. You you just know how to chill, don't you? Yeah, good. Good. I um I don't I don't have a, an officially prepared or uh, physically prepared monologue for you today. I was um, over at the state capitol doing some uh, talking and testifying on a project I'm uh, working on with a few uh, dear friends, many of whom you know, uh, on uh, drug abuse prevention. Uh, tell you more about it later uh, once we get liftoff. But a uh, few of us have rolled up our sleeves. Uh, to uh, do something about the growing drug crisis in this country, in this state. Uh, a couple stats, if you want to keep them in mind. Um, we are losing 107,000 Americans a year to drug poisoning deaths. 107,000 a year. 70,000 of those are the drug you keep hearing about called fentanyl. Uh, to give you a sense of the scale of that, consider the Vietnam Memorial Wall. It's got about 58,000 names on it. it. took 16 years to amass those 58,000 names. We're building or could build about the equivalent of two of those walls a year with what we're losing in drug poisonings. That 107,000 is an undercount, by the way, because that's what are colloquially called overdoses. I don't call them overdoses. They're a dose. It's a poisoning. Um, but uh, the, the, that 107,000 is a um, is an undercount because it doesn't take into account uh, the deaths that come from fatal car accidents or other accidents or even suicides that are drug involved. It doesn't come from drownings or any other preventable death that is accounted for. It's just mere straight deliberate poisoning uh, drug deaths. To give you a sense of the scale of it, those of you that might be about my age or a little bit older, you'll remember this country used to be serious about this sort of thing. In the early 90s, when this country was um, at about a population of 245 million people, circa 1992, we were losing about 5,000 people a year to drug poisonings. Think about the scale of that, from 5,000 to 107,000 plus Yes, the country was smaller then. It was a third. It's grown a third since then. The population has grown a third since 1992. But drug poisoning deaths have grown 2,000%. 33% increase in the population, 2,000% increase in drug deaths. Half of the child deaths in Arizona that took place last year, half, involved drugs. Half. Think about that. Think about that. You don't care about adults. Maybe you care about children. You should. You should. Anyway, we're uh, trying to do something about that here. And no, it's not about safe use. No, it's not about start 
small. No, it's not about using with friends. This is what they're advertising in San Francisco. This is what they're advertising in New York. And as you've heard me say before, you can ignore these things. They don't get better on their own. They get worse. If you thought uh, fentanyl was as bad as it could get, it isn't. There is as bad as it is. There is now a new drug on the scene that has been introduced uh, to this country's um, human population over the past six months, colloquially known as TRANK, T-R-A-N-Q, xylazine is its formal name. It's basically a horse animal veterinarian tranquilizer. It's called the zombie drug because it turns people into zombies. And by zombies, I don't just mean walking dead. I mean walking dead with open wounds, it, uh, open wounds on their limbs, open wounds on their arms, open wounds on their torsos. They, um, they require amputation. They require amputation, and they don't even realize they require amputation. So you can continue to ignore this, uh, but we're fast coming upon a tipping point, and it seems to me someone or some ones need to do something about telling people, let's not start. Let's not initiate. Let's not experiment. And let's stop using language like overdose. Let's stop using language like um, substance use. It's dangerous, illegal drug use. That's what it is, and it's killing people. Anyway, I was over at the state capitol with some friends on a project we're working on, talking to some state legislators, testifying and talking with them about that, and we'll have more information for you about that. I've assembled a really good team. We've all put together a really good team on that. We're going to going to try and save some lives, and I'm sure we can. I'm sure we can because there is so little prevention effort out there that any amount will save some lives. Hopefully we can take it to scale. Keep on me and remind me to keep you regularly updated on that project. We live in a time of a lot of frenzy. Um, oh, yes, before I get to that, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. It has gotten worse here over the last couple, three years. wonder why. Wonder why. Fentanyl deaths have increased 55% since COVID. And it wasn't COVID. And it wasn't COVID. You know the rest of that sentence. Okay. Um, let me uh, let me talk about frenzy because, and this is where I really would love for you folks to call in and weigh in if you want. Tonight, that now famous excerpted interview Ron DeSantis did with Piers Morgan will air. And it's probably going to be a lot more than just the excerpts we've seen. But Ron DeSantis has taken off the gloves and thrown a few punches back at Donald Trump. A lot of people are up in arms about this for having done so at a time when Donald Trump may be facing a potential prosecution in New York City. That prosecution is not coming this week, as it turns out. Uh, the frenzy all about and around that. Uh, was for naught. There will be no arrest of Donald Trump this week. Alvin Bragg, the district attorney in Manhattan, sent a letter today saying that this was all the result of Donald Trump hyping the fact that he might get arrested. Well, why is that letter coming today? This story hit on Sunday. Alvin Bragg just sit there for the last four days, sitting on his hands, not calming the waters on this. He could have. He did it today. I don't know the goings-on over there at the Manhattan DA's office. I don't know if he had a theory of prosecution or has a theory of prosecution with a grand jury that might work or if he's had to have second thoughts about it or third thoughts about it. I also don't know if the conventional wisdom is right, to be honest with you. There's a theory that the arrest of Donald Trump will 
rally his support and rally more support for him. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, and then you can play three-dimensional chess if you're a Democrat on this, I suppose, as well, and think, well, should we indict him to give him more support with his base so that he ultimately becomes the nominee and he's the more easily beatable candidate in a general election in the pri- if, he's, if he wins the primary? Because we, I mean, you can take these analyses any number of ways. Um, my own sense is I'm not sure any of that is right. I just don't know. I think that there is an element that is interested in what Ron DeSantis has to say because I think people sometimes are just getting a little tired of the exhaustion factor. Tired of the exhaustion factor. Yes, I'm saying it the way I want to. They are tired of the exhaustion factor. Some are. Some are not. Um, And yes, it is true. Donald Trump has been the most prosecuted of any candidate uh, in at least any memory I can think of, uh, certainly since Nixon and probably more so than Nixon. And there is a level of unfairness to that that people don't like. They don't like unfairness generally. But um, then again, you know, I just maybe maybe people maybe people are just sick and tired of always having to be on the defensive. In any event, the one thing I do not do not agree with, there is one thing I don't agree with, and that is that Ron DeSantis should not be hitting back. Uh, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with it being a problem that he's sitting down with Piers Morgan. You know why I don't agree with that being a problem? Because a year ago, Donald Trump sat down with Piers Morgan. That's why. Because over the last six months, Donald Trump has sat down with New York Magazine and The New Yorker and The New York Times and has had long, wending conversations that come back to haunt him because he says too much to media organizations that don't like him in the first place because he likes the media attention. He's in no place to lecture Ron DeSantis for sitting down with Piers Morgan. Uh, but the primary began this week. There's no question about that. It is off to the races. And uh, I would love your thoughts. I would love your thoughts on DeSantis versus Trump right now, if you want to weigh in on that, 602-508-0960. And if not, I want to move on to another story about the costs we pay as a society and the price we pay as a society for woke ideology. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Tim is in Peoria. Hello, Tim. Seth Liebson. How are you? Great. Doing well. Great monologue. Always oh, I was just speaking off the top. I don't know if it made sense, but anyway, Come thank on. you. No, thank you. Uh, I love your insights and uh, what you're doing down at the Capitol on uh, testifying with uh, regards to fentanyl. Thanks. I got yeah, a great team. Uh, I got a great team. I'll, I'll embarrass some of them. Jeff Taylor, he'll be with us a little later. Hugh Hallman, Steve Moak Jr., a few others. It's a great team. Anyway, thank you, Tim. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I can listen to uh, Human for or Hallman, excuse me, for forever. Yeah, he's uh, great. He's great. He's great. Thank um, you. Hey, like you, I agree, and I do. I'm glad that the primary started this week. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong. Life under Trump was great. The yep. economy was great. Yep. You know, our paychecks look great. Yep. Our 401k, everything looked great. Absolutely. However, um, when it comes to Ron DeSantis, I'm glad that he's getting out. He's getting out there. I'm glad that he's doing the interviews. You know, he's replicating, you know, kind of like walking in Trump's footsteps with regards to spreading the wealth as far as, uh, you know, where he's willing to speak. Mm-hmm. 
in any event, I'm interested to hear what Ron DeSantis has to say, because thus far we really haven't. Right. We've heard, you know, great things. However, does his time in Florida, can it be replicated at the federal level? Right. Um, on top of that, the four years of Trump were very volatile. Yep. And, and you know, life after Trump has been volatile. Yep. Trump is a carpet bomber uh, in, you know, in the military. That's right. I call him a daisy bomb cutter. Bomb. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And Ron DeSantis is going to go in there with the, uh, the precision, in my opinion. Yeah. And let us not forget on national defense. Say that again, Tim. You may have hit me. Yeah, say that again, Tim. We cut out right when you said let us not yep. forget on national defense. Go ahead. Take it from there. Yeah. Uh, let us not forget that Ron DeSantis comes from the team in the Navy yeah. in addition to being a gag. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, militarily speaking, on national defense, I think that he's going to be a great speaker and a great protector to get our country back on track with regards to national defense. Um, I'm interested to see him go toe to toe with Trump. Yeah, uh, you know, Trump is volatile. He's a gotcha guy, and I think that unfortunately, well, fortunately for the United States, we're over that. Uh, now, uh, we got let me run this by you, Tim. I think two things yep. are true. One is an opinion, and and one less of an opinion. <clears throat> the less of an opinion, I think it's fact, there is a 30% part of the party that will support Donald Trump no matter what. He has a 30% of the Republican Party somewhere in there. Maybe it's 25, maybe it's 35%, but somewhere in there, he has a very ardent and loyal support base, which is going to stand him well when the primaries come. Um, because, you know, if there's if there's a fairly if there's a if there's a fair crowd and it looks like there will be, you know, that that's going to divide against uh, against that. And he'll he'll probably do well. I mean, he is probably the front runner and he is probably the safer bet because of all of that. That's that's kind of a fact. The thing that I think is a little bit of an opinion that some of the audience will not like me saying, but I it's something I sense and I speak to Trump crowds. I speak to a lot of Republican crowds. I speak to mixed crowds. There is this. There is an exhaustion factor. There is an exhaustion factor. There is one rule in politics. You're either on offense or defense. And while Trump goes on offense and God bless him for it and thank God for it, he puts a lot of us on defense and it um, it's it's exhausting. It's it's frankly exhausting, and I think that's why we're interested to see what Ron DeSantis has. That's what I think. Right. And, uh, and, uh, and also Trump very, Trump Trump beat I... back some big 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 institutions, but so too did DeSantis. Uh, let's not forget he took on Disney, he took on the teachers unions, and they went hammer and claw uh, hammer and tong at him too. We'll we'll see. I mean, these are two gladiators with different styles, and maybe people are anyway. You take my point. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I look forward to, if it's not Trump, if it is a Republican that ends up taking the Oval Office, who is the candidate and can the candidates or and the president work across the aisle? I know that that's not always what we want. You know, a lot of people say we don't want to work across the aisle, but for the betterment of the country, for the betterment of all Americans, we need a president that's going to represent all the people and be willing to work across and not just name call, not be volatile and maybe put in place some decorum that belongs in the office of the president. Let me hang a lantern on something uh, there. Let me hang a different light on that and see if you agree. If working across the aisle is impossible because the left is so ardent and hard and doesn't recognize any Republican as anything other than a white supremacist, if, 
which is kind of, I think, where they are, quite frankly. Maybe we should think about the candidate who's going to get more Republican coattails to build the majority so that we don't have to worry about working across the aisle so very much. And who is that candidate? Maybe that's right. another and way I to think say, about it. And I, and I agree, and I don't think that's Donald Trump. Well, it hasn't been, has it? It just the last it couple cycles, it hasn't need, been. Yeah, we, and hasn't. we need to think about who who's the candidate that's going to put the majority in yeah. the House, yeah. an overwhelming majority. Yeah, and who's the who's the candidate that's going to put the majority in the Senate so we can start getting things done and start walking back some of the ruinous policies that Joe Biden and you know all of them go back to Barack Obama put in place, and that is why a lot of this strife that we are suffering in America that we are dealing with in America now comes from the Democrat Party. And at the end of the day, I think more Democrats are going to be willing to vote for a DeSantis than they will a Trump. Well, we'll see. And Tim, I think that's the analysis, though. And, um, you know, the problem the problem that uh, the problem that we have in ventilating some of this and talking about it uh, out loud is that people get very offended by this sort of thing. And and we can't repeat enough. Um, Really, I don't think we can repeat enough, you know, that at least it's true in my case. I mean, his presidency was one of the most successful presidencies we'll ever see. It really was. But it also had a lot of problems, too. It had a lot of problems. You're right. It did have a lot of problems. And we can't. And and let's not forget that Trump did work across the aisle. His Second Chance Act, some of the things he did with HBCUs, some of the things that he I mean, there's just a lot of examples that people don't look at that he was able to achieve that did uh, need working across the aisle. But nobody wants to talk about that. Everybody wants to talk about the bull in the china shop. Yeah. And I think it's time to stop talking about that and start getting back to where politics need to be for the betterment of the country, not for the betterment of the party, not for the betterment of the candidate. Well, I think you're right, Tim, and I think that uh, politics has been joined uh, this week. Um, you know, people were wondering when Ron DeSantis was going to start punching back a little bit. And the right answer is that is not, in my opinion, that uh, this is the wrong time for him to do so when Donald Trump is facing. I don't care about any of that. That's that's not for Ron DeSantis to worry about. Um, I'm just glad that we um, we now will have real politics again. We're about to. These, we are, these are two gladiators. Let's have it out. This this should be fun. And you know what? Politics should be fun. Thanks, Tim. I'm Seth Liebs, and we'll be right back. With so many cracks showing up in the banking system and over $31 trillion in U.S. debt, how can people say just print more money? Uh, Zimbabwe did this. Venezuela did this. Argentina did this. All of them did that. And the defaults came. But gold has never defaulted. Veteran-owned Midas Gold Group will reinforce your portfolio. Call them to safeguard your money with the stability of gold while you can. This is the company I, Seb Gorka, and thousands of you already know and use. Gold traditionally holds its value when economies fail. Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, now Credit Suisse. Midas Gold Group believes we are in the early stages of a growing crisis and the Fed's higher interest rates are your cue to create your own bank with real money. That's gold. Check them out at MidasGoldGroup.com. That's MidasGoldGroup.com. Or better yet, give them a call at 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000. Wally's in Phoenix. Hello, Wally. Hi, how are you doing? I am well. How are you? I am very good right now. I'd like to be brief if I can. How, well, um, do whatever you like. About, about, like talk about Trump. Uh, way back when, I was not a Trump uh, supporter at all. 
my wife told me that he's the man. He's got world uh, business, a lot of business experience. He's been around the world. He knows how to handle people in other countries and deal with them. And she convinced me, so I finally became around. And I'm going to tell you, I'm 83 going on 84, and I'm t- Trump's presidency was the best one I've ever seen yeah. in my life. Yeah, the most successful. And I don't care how he talks if he talks smack to people. And you know, I, what I care is what he's done and yeah. the policies. Amazed me, I couldn't believe it. My wife was absolutely so absolutely right, so <laughs> she gave me some really good advice. So yeah, I'm yeah. still going with Trump. Pence okay. is great. I, I I support him, but I would like to see him next time. The next next not this time, but the next time around. I, I he's he's definitely the man for the next time around. I got uh, you, Wally. Hey, me, Wally. Question for you: When uh, <laughs> when your wife convinced you to vote for him was that in 2016 or 2020 or when when did you first? Uh, 20, 20, 2016. Yeah, when he ran against Hill. Okay, all right. Yeah, okay. I made a mistake of judging people by some of the stuff they say. Yeah, and I learned <laughs> since then that there are people that people that I respect now, but at the time I said, well, I don't like that what they're saying. But as I got to know them, I was. Uh, I, I got a little bit wiser, and they're, I found they were good people. Yeah, there's an old poem. Thank you, Wally. There's an old poem by um, Edgar Guest. Edgar Guest was was kind of a, uh, I don't know, he was a Robert Frost type, uh, except he was uh, English originally. And he had a, a great poem. Uh, I'd rather see a sermon than hear one any day. I'd rather one should walk with me than merely tell the way. The eyes a better pupil and more willing than the ear. Fine counsel is confusing, but examples always clear. And the best of all the preachers are the men who live their creeds, for to see good put in action is what everybody needs. I soon can learn to do it if you'll let me see it done. I can watch your hands in action, but your tongue too fast may run. And the lecture you deliver may be very wise and true, but I'd rather get my lessons by observing what you do. For I might misunderstand you and the high advice you give, but there's no misunderstanding how you act and how you live. When I see a deed of kindness, I am eager to be kind. When a weaker brother stumbles and a strong man stays behind, just to see if he can help him, then the wish grows strong in me to become as big and thoughtful as I know that friend to be. And all travelers can witness that the best of guides today is not the one who tells them, but the one who shows the way. One good man teaches many, men believe what they behold. One deed of kindness notice is worth forty that are told. Who stands with men of honor learns to hold his honor dear, for right living speaks a language which to everyone is clear. Though an able speaker, though an able speaker charms me with his eloquence, I say I'd rather see a sermon. And hear one any day. Didn't think I'd be doing poetry today, but uh, Wally, um, you made me think of that, and it's probably worth keeping in mind uh, as well. You know, uh, I say some negative things about. I, I, I call them as I, I try and call them as I see them, and I hope you guys will hold my feet to the fire. I say some negative things about uh, the republic, uh, certain Republicans. I say positive things uh, when they're in the news as well, when they deserve it, at least as I see it. I think we owe. All of that to each other. And there is no question, Wally, about what you saw with those deeds. There is no question. And um, the question is, um, I think, before the electorate, uh, whether um, he can win, because I think that is really the only question we need to ask ourselves. In a weird way, my thesis is that if Joe Biden is the nominee, Trump may be the better candidate to beat him because they can remember that contrast 
it's kind of a one-to-one ratio contrast. If someone else is the nominee, someone with a slightly newer, fresher, younger face for the Democrats, maybe it's DeSantis because we have virgin territory all the way around. Kind of a thesis I've been playing with. See what you guys think. Anyway, a lot more coming right up. 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960. Paul's in Phoenix. Hello, Paul. Hey, Seth. How are you? I am well. How are you? Hey, good. Um, I'm a 30-year business owner in the real world, and I hear chatter about DeSantis and Trump. And it's interesting to me because they're both awesome individuals. But just as my thoughts go, I think about an imitator versus an innovator, a team leader versus a team member. Okay. A senior officer versus a junior officer, a pony versus a stallion. Okay. We're dealing with people that have had experience and hardened in the world, and it's not pretty like making sausage like they say in government, how you come up with rules and regulations. And what Trump did is he exposed what government's like to the real person. He talked to people. He was open and upfront and basically, you know, people talk about being transparent, and that's what scares people because they see how dirty, how uncomfortable it is when you hear conflict, anger, hostility. I don't know hostility may not the best word, but discourse. And people have to realize that it is not easy to resolve things on a large scale globally or nationally. And this guy, he knows what he's doing. Now, DeSantis has a lot of potential, but he's not been in those shoes, I believe, enough to call the shots. And I think people are correct in saying he should be someone who is an apprentice to somebody else for a while and he can step up if he wants but and people may not like his personality but the, the policies were amazing what he did was absolutely um, proven time tested and those those facts i just listed is why because even the world leaders and some of them are very nasty they don't mean they don't they mean harm to us in real ways like we have nuclear powers now we have people that are invading other countries we need someone that can hold the ground step up for us and i bet if you go to sleep at night and you want to have a good night's rest, you put Trump at the switch over a lot of other people, including DeSantis. Interesting perspective. As I was listening to talk about the way he exposed um, the inside, you know, of of how government works, Paul, I was thinking about, I don't know, are you familiar with this comedian, uh, Dave Chappelle? I am. Yeah, he did a routine about six months ago, and I think it was on Saturday Night Live. I think it was. And it wasn't a routine so much as it was a political observation that you kind of reminded me of where he said what people don't get about Trump in 2016 in his fight against Hillary was that he, you know, he was accused of, you know, being inside the club. And, you know, he was his elite. I mean, he's a billionaire. It's hard to say you're, you know, it's hard to say you're not part of the elite when you're a billionaire. And he goes, I know. And that's why I am here, right? I know what how the game is played. I played that game, and I that's what's making me telling that's what's making me popular by telling people that it's a game, and I know the secrets to it. And you're playing it, and you're still in the club, and I'm now out of it. Something along those lines, right? He was the ultimate insider who became an outsider, and that's what resonated, at least according to Dave Chappelle. A little bit about what you said reminded me of that thought. I there's there's 
there's there's nothing hugely interesting about that. It just just telling you it reminded me of that thought that this was a man who was in the club and perhaps part of the magic, part of the charm, part of the attraction. That's the best word for it. Part of the attraction was he said, "Okay, I have the state secrets to all this bureaucratic gamesmanship and I'm not doing it anymore. And the other thing, just to remember, nobody's perfect. That's the way it's going to be. It's the way it's always going to be. And we have to realize that. If people are looking perfection, they're going to always fall short and be frustrated. Let me ask so you. Is- let me ask you a tough one because this is the one that I wrestle with the most. Because I'm, 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 I'm. You know, I am happy with whoever the Republican is who wins because I like Dennis Prager. Have one goal, and it's to defeat the left. That's all I care about. Whatever it takes to defeat the left, that's my goal. So the and question, save our yeah, yes, of course, of course, it's, it's all part of that same thing. Yes, saving our country, saving our constitution, because the left wants to destroy it. Of course. So my question is for you, Paul, uh, taking everything you said about how much you admire, who's the person who can carry that ball over the finish line easier? You think it's Trump or you think it's DeSantis? Well, again, I have to look at when people look at because I think the um, economy and all the different things in the financial market around the banks are melting down. We have international issues. I think they're going to see that it's going to get a little more desperate as yeah. we get further out in 24. And as you look at the items that are on the plate, you're going to see a larger divide, a much more easy decision to make of which direction you want to go. Hopefully we have such a contrast where whoever sits on the Republican ticket has a much more absolute message and has a saving message back to basics. Yeah. And I hope he, the seat, I think the Santos could do it too. But if you ask me at the end of the day, when he gets in the white house is going to make the biggest difference, do what they say they're going to do and has time tested through very tough times. As you said, he's been the most criticized president even beyond Nixon. And that's even, I think way beyond that. He stood. His yes, ground. I think so too. I think it is way beyond that. I agree with you on that too. I so he's an unbelievable person. But anyway, as you said, I'll vote for the Republican yeah. ticket, whatever it is. Yeah. But that was my sense, and I appreciate it. No, I appreciate your your uh, input, Paul. Thank you very much. Jake is uh, in Gilbert. Hello, Jake. Hi, Seth. How are you? So uh, you alluded – I'm doing well. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. You alluded to this earlier, and you were just talking about this in this last conversation, but the biggest question for me is who will win. Yeah. And – I can't help but think that if Trump were elected in the primary, we'll lose again to the left in the general election. You think is Trump is not the strongest much. to carry the general election ball across the I, I don't. Yeah. And here's why. Yeah. I think your average American isn't like you or me. They're not listening to 960 The Patriot like I do. Uh, they don't know that a station like NPR is not to be trusted. And so when they hear things like Trump called Nazis good people. Right. They believe it yeah. because they never hear the other side of it right. because they're not in tune like, like I am and, uh, and you are. And, and they assume they're getting the facts. What you're they saying is we're not normal, and, 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 and I don't mean that in a silly way. I mean that in a serious way. That's right. I, that's right. There is this ether. There is this, this cultural narrative that, unfortunately, this radio station doesn't dominate. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's not fair. Um, but I think it behooves us to understand that whether it's fair or not, yep. um, that's the way it is. That's right. And and Trump, I, I just feel like he's painted a certain way to many people. I don't know that it can change. And yep. I, I know too many people. I worked with a man who a lifelong Republican who voted for Biden the last election. Is that right? Because he, that was, right? he was just too busy with work. Yeah. I, he didn't. I don't think he understood. And 
And and honestly, also, Trump does make it harder on himself than I think. Yeah, I do. I mean, there is that. He he continually. I mean, yes. I mean, it it shouldn't require a PragerU class to explain why Donald Trump wasn't defending Nazis. It just shouldn't. Right. It just shouldn't. Right. Yeah, I get it, Jake. I get it. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your call. I am Seth, 602 We'll be right back. Folks, how do you think the Biden administration is handling the economy with banks failing and possible recession coming, stock market volatility? What if you could invest in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return not tied to the stock market or the Fed? It's a portfolio where you'd know what each monthly statement would look like with no surprises. You can turn your income off or on, compound it, whatever you choose, and no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. No fees. This is a secure collateralized portfolio that delivers a high fixed interest rate. I want you to talk to my friends at Y-Refi if this appeals to you. They're local. You can visit with them. They're trustworthy and honest. They leave the sales pitching up to me, Larry Elder. You won't get one. It is a due diligence approved firm, and you can earn up to a 10.25% rate of return with Y-Refi. That's right, a 10.25% fixed rate of return. Just check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or call 888-YREFI-34, 888-YREFI-34. You know what's not a good look? Whining. Whining is not a good look. The um, the most uh, prominent public intellectual in America on race, someone I've talked about a lot here is Ibram X. Kendi. He's written a lot of books on it from How to Be an Anti-Racist to Anti-Racist Baby, gets Netflix specials, is a big paid corporate speaker on DEI and that sort of thing. He has a piece in The Atlantic, The Crisis of the Intellectuals. Traditional notions of the intellectual were never meant to include people who looked like me or who had a background like mine. What the hell is he talking about? He writes, the intellectual has been traditionally framed as measured, objective, ideologically neutral, and apolitical, superior. What is he talking about? Was William Buckley objective and ideologically neutral and apolitical? Was Irving Kristol? Was anyone in that crowd of modern conservative intellectual movement? Is it a race thing? Did he ever, ever once raise the works of Shelby Steele or Thomas Sowell? I mean, my goodness gracious, this whining that because he actually has an opinion and he's black, public intellectualism was never to include people who looked like him. No, I'll tell you what public intellectualism was not meant to do. It was not to reward people like him. Not for his background or anything having to do with ethnicity or race, but what he writes and what he says. It's a man who says to be colorblind is to be racist. This is a man who writes in his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, and I'm quoting directly, the only remedy to racist discrimination is anti-racist discrimination. The only remedy to past discrimination is present discrimination. The only remedy to present discrimination is future discrimination. You write crud like that? Yeah, I mean, you are taken seriously as a public intellectual, but you know what? You shouldn't be. 
I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.